You are listening to the Call to Action Podcast, where we aim to inspire, educate, and inform entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 42 of the Call to Action Podcast. I am your host, Shantae, and today we are having a fireside chat with J.D. Edwards, who was a fantasy author and an author of historical fiction. Before I bring our guest on to the show today, I have an inspirational quote that I'd like to share. And here is the inspirational quote for episode 42 of the Call to Action Podcast. When you are faced with a challenge, look at it as an opportunity to grow. There is always something that you can learn from them to improve yourself in one way or another. And that was written by yours truly. If you missed episode 41 of the Call to Action podcast, as always, it is a must listen. My guest for that episode was Susan Rossini. And Susan is an author of steamy romance novels with characters that inspire laughter, have a strong sense of family, and always find their happily ever after. She is also a very generous and very kind person, and she shares what she would do if she won the lottery. But I'm not going to share that in this episode. You got to go and listen to her episode to see what she will do with her winnings. But in the meantime, take a listen to this clip from episode 41 of the Call to Action podcast. Quite simply and stated, um, go for it. Um, You know, you may not think you can do it, but you absolutely can. And there are people out there that are so willing to support you and help you along your journey. You know, I'm incredibly busy, as most people are in your audience with, you know, juggling a day job and this side hustle that I hope I hope one day becomes my day job. Um, but it, it does take a little bit of, of finagling. I have to sometimes make some appointments for myself to make sure that I'm... Again, you can hear the full episode on ctamarketing.biz. And when you're there, click on podcast on the main menu to access that episode, as well as previous episodes. As mentioned in the intro, my guest for today's show is J.D. Edwards. J.D. is a fantasy author and an author of historical fiction. Now, you may notice that J.D. is the one that gives us those wonderful weekly shout outs on Twitter. So we do appreciate that. And I'm glad to have him here on the show with me today. So, J.D., welcome to the Call to Action podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Shantae. Thank you for having me. That's wonderful. And I'm glad you're here, JD. Again, I just want to thank you for those weekly shout outs. I love seeing those come across on my screen. I'm like, yay, I got a shout out. I can always rely on that from you. So I'm like super excited about that. So thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. I I like supporting the writing community in any way I can. Oh, yes. Yes, me too. I, I Pretty much every guest I've had, except for maybe a handful, has been from the writing community. They're just such an awesome bunch of people. So, J.D., I have an icebreaker that I'd like for you to share with us today, and it helps us to get to know you better. So the question I have for you today is, what is the last show that you binge watched ever or recently? Well, I'd have to say the last show I binge watched would be Stranger Things. Uh, I just love the idea of alternate dimensions, alternate realities, uh, dark mirror type uh, realities. 
just calls to me. That is an interesting topic. I've actually seen that show. I, I think it was really cool. I hadn't seen all the episodes. I know there's like a new season that got released recently within the past few months. I haven't checked it out, but I have seen like the first season. I thought it was really good. I, I did like that show. The actually the yeah, one I mm-hmm. it has a lot of interesting concepts. It does. It does. It's kind of dark, but kind of cool at the same time. Yeah, the the idea that uh, you know any action we have takes place in an alternate dimension. Yeah, it's, it just boggles my mind. All right, JD, thank you for sharing your icebreaker with us in that last uh, series that you binged on, which is Stranger Things, talking about alternate realities and all that cool stuff. Now, I'm sure that probably has something to do with your inspiring or what inspired you to want to write um, because you do write fantasy. So tell us about where you actually do get your inspiration from when for your stories that you write. Well, I get a lot of my inspiration for stories from you know just my imagination. Uh, I'm ADHD, so you know, my mind is always working on something or another. And when I was a kid, I'd mix up stories and build the worlds with my action figures, you know, whether it was in the sandbox or a ground hornet hive one time. Uh, it, it didn't matter where I was, where I was, I would create backstories for each of my action figures. And over time, I thought, you know, let's put this into paper. You know, that was in high school in a creative writing class. And uh, you know, after that, I found that it was a good outlet for my imagination just to put the stories on paper uh that got me into role playing uh, advanced dungeon dragons and uh from there then uh, i branched out and started writing fiction fantasy fiction um advanced yeah, I, I like dungeons this. and dragons we got to go back to that <laughs> advanced <laughs> advanced dungeons and dragons Okay, so I've heard of Dungeons and Dragons. We're probably around the same age group. I'm not going to share my age, but I kind of got a feeling there that we're around the same age group. But just, okay, I'm only familiar with it. I don't know much about it. Like, it's a card game, right? Or a role-playing game? Uh, It eventually, it it originally was a card game. Okay. And uh, back when it was just Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, came in a little white box, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) it's grown from there to... uh, many different books and i don't even know what revision we're on right now uh last revision i played was either revision three or revision four of advanced dragons so they they come up with books and different uh mythologies and character types and things like that it's it's interesting to create a character and you know give life to that character you have to write the backstory you have to know what makes them tick you know um I use a great example here. Uh, if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. uh, the, the character in Game of Thrones, the spider, um, he was a short, bald guy. And uh, he was what we would call a chaotic neutral. He didn't wasn't really good, but he wasn't really bad. And his driving force was making sure that the people of, uh, of, of the land or whatever were taken care of. So he would support anybody who would support the people whether it was the good people or the bad people, you know, that was all relative to him as long as the people were taken care of. Hmm. So that that's a chaotic neutral. And you, know, you have different uh, types of characters when you're playing that, whether it's a mage or an elf or paladin or you, you name it. So I've, I incorporate those type of uh, character arcs into my own writing. 
Cool. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Cause I, I, I sense a lot of depth here, just hearing you talk about this now, as far as, and I, I know you, I know you do this world building. You have to yes. with the type of stories that you write. So share with us some of the techniques that you've incorporated that has helped you with your writing your stories. Okay. Well, when I, when I start out, I put all the plot lines into a document. I don't really write out what's going to happen. I just know that there's certain plot points I want to hit and I'll go from there. And for each character, I have to know what motivates them. So they're realistic. I have to give them their own uh, description, uh, how tall they are, you know, how much they weigh, you know, eye color, hair color, you know, stuff like that. I have to know, you know where they come from. What was their background? Because everybody's background influences how they uh, act. Uh, I have to have a map because I, I like looking at where I'm going. Um, when you read my books, you can actually follow along when it's on Earth. You can follow along on Google Maps. Wherever the character is, you can follow them on Google Maps. You can actually find the places I'm describing. That is so um, cool. I've never heard <laughs> that on my show. That is awesome. <laughs> that is so when cool. It, when, it comes to the, when it comes to the fairy realm, you can also follow along in a map that I drew. And uh, I measured everything. So I know where one portal is and where the city is. I measure it out. So I tell, okay, it's, you know, this many inches. That's this many, you know, hours, this many days to reach this area. Uh, that way everything is consistent. Because one thing I hate about fantasy is the inconsistencies. You know, you can't travel 5,000 miles in a day, not on foot. You know, so you have to, you have to stagger that out. And I get that from role playing also in something called miniatures. You know, with miniatures, you roll your dice, you see how far you get to go, you get a measuring stick out, and you move your piece, you know, that far. And that's kind of what I did in a fantasy world. So not only do I have that with the map, but then I have to know, I have 37 races. You know, what do all the races look like? Who made the races? Who made the makers of those races? You know, what was the what was the origin of those races? Why are, is the land split up into five different things, five different regions? Uh, how do all the races interact with each other? You know, it, it, it goes, it goes so deep. And I have an appendix in the back of each book giving details about all of that. So if a reader wants more information, they can always go to the back and pull that up. Wow. JD, that sounds so cool. As you're talking, I'm like envisioning like a video game, like, <laughs> you know how they have, and I, I'm not a game player, but I've, I've seen people play, play the, these Playstations and things like that and how detailed the games are. And especially like with a, a fairy realm and with you taking it that far and doing maps and having races and having their creators and their backstories, I could really see that in the form of a video game. Have you ever thought about that? I have. Um, I'm not good at writing video games. I've asked my son to, but uh, he's not interested in it. So maybe oh. someday someone who's interested in it could uh, pick it up and run with it in that way. I'd, I'd love to be a consultant on that project if, if anybody was ever interested. Yeah, I could I could see that. that it just what you're describing and the level of detail that you put into the world down to measuring the steps and the time it would take to go somewhere and how it lines up on the map. I think that's uh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, uh, really, really. I also cool. had to, I also had to figure out how big the planet was, 
So I knew how fast it was spinning. So I could tell how many uh, rotations, uh, how many hours were in a day and how many days are in a year, stuff like that. So uh, <laughs> I, wow. I got a, I got a simulation. It's a uh, solar system simulation where I could design the size of the world and then uh, get the information that way. Uh, I try to make it as realistic as possible because I want someone to be able to not only read my book, but be absorbed by the book. I want them to, you know, pull themselves into the fairy realm. And when they stop reading, question reality itself. Uh, when I watched The Matrix, I don't know if you remember when that came out. That's, mm -hmm. But uh, it, it had some unique concepts in it. And I love the idea of there was a change in the matrix and that's where his deja vu, Neo's deja vu came from. Mm -hmm. So when I left the movie theater, I was so enraptured by that movie. I tried to change the stoplight from red to green with my mind <laughs> because I just, I just been sucked into that reality. And that's what I want people to get out of my books. I want them to just be so sucked in to the story that, uh, you know, they feel like they're a part of it rather than just reading it from the outside. Yeah. You know what? I think that that is what makes a good book. If when you're reading or listening to an audiobook, for example, that you are like so in it that, you know, if someone taps on the shoulder, you're like, wait, what, what? Like, you know, cause you're so <laughs> engrossed in reading or listening <laughs> to that book. To me, that's definitely a sign of a good book. Okay, so another question I have for you. Um, we talked before about the writing community and how you incorporated some of them into your books. Can you share some information about that and what you did? I can. In the fourth book, uh, actually starting in the third book, I uh, needed some characters. So I asked people in the writing community if anybody wanted to be featured in my books. And uh, you know, I received a lot of responses. So what I would do then is I would take that person and their physical description and kind of mirror that. And I would change their name, obviously. So I created a character uh, based on Karina Montero in my third and fourth books. Uh, she is listed as uh, Karina Montenegro. And, uh, you know, I had other, other characters um, like uh, Nikki Crump Hanstead. And her characters in the fourth book is uh, Nikki Cranston. So I promised everybody that I wouldn't kill their characters, but I didn't promise them that I wouldn't damage their characters. So the characters are are uh, shot, tortured, electrocuted, poisoned, uh, stabbed, you name it. I, I put them through the ringer. But uh, some of the characters are good. Some of them are not so good. But but you, you stuck know, to your word and you didn't the, kill them, right? <laughs> I stuck to my word. I didn't kill okay. Them. I wouldn't do that to I wouldn't do that to a member of the writing community. All right, good. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they enjoyed being a part of the book, knowing that you know a, a part of them was in that book. So yeah, they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It, it started out as a. Uh, as a dare almost and those spammy, you know, follow threads, you know, or we get one of the, one of the things came out and said, uh, you know, if you could add a person to your book, would you do it? And what character would you make them? So I answered and someone said, would you really do that? Sure. Why not? You know, and that's how it started. 
Okay, so that's really funny when you mentioned that on Twitter in the writing community because I did a show with Janae Chase, Ethan McCaffrey, and AC Merkel. And that same thing happened where someone put a tweet out and was like something about writing a song or singing a song for a book. And it was one of those kind of like joking um, tweets, like no one thought it was going to be taken seriously. And then here it is now, Mm -hmm. Shanae Chase has a book with a song that was produced by Ethan and by AC Merkel. He did the vocals on it. So you never know what you're going to get (laughs) with the writing community. No, you don't. (laughs) If you say something, you better be ready to deliver. (laughs) I see that for sure. (laughs) Okay, so JD, so what's coming up next? What do you have lined up for us? Well, as you mentioned earlier, I'm a writer of historical fiction also. So I have a historical fiction novel um, called Indomitable, which is written and going through the editing beta reading process right now. And it's based on a character named Eliza Harris. And uh, basically it's the true true events of her life written into a historical fiction uh, novel. Uh, her name may be familiar to people who read Uncle Tom's Cabin because her life was made a fiction in that book. Uh, But the people who rescued her and uh, her conductors on the Underground Railroad uh, were my family. So her life and her escape into Canada directly affects my own family. So I decided to write about her life in a historical fiction fiction concept. Uh, After that, After that, I'm going to go back to fairy. I have a prequel, have a prequel series set up for that, the origins of fairy. And what I'll do is I'll take one book and write it based on a single chapter in one of my other books. Go back into some of that depth world building. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. So now you have been writing for how many years? I know it's been a lot. How many years have you been writing? Well, I started the Fairy Chronicles in 2003. Uh, I've been writing since high school, uh, 95. So I started wow. uh, writing in high, in high school as a senior. But uh, you know, writing you know, for, uh, for fun and pleasure was 2003. And for the genealogy articles, I've been writing those since 2012. I have a quarterly article that comes out where I transcribe journals from the 1850s for the Ohio Genealogical Society. Wow. I'm one of the few people who can read his handwriting. <laughs> interesting, JD. You have your hands in many places. I didn't know that. That's, that's interesting. Very interesting. So for listeners that are aspiring to be a writer or thinking about this, you definitely have a lot of experience. So what advice could you give to them? Um. I think the best advice I can give to anybody is don't give up and get your book finished. Um, make sure you listen to the critics though, and don't take it personally and know that your first work, your first book or whatever is always going to need major adjustments. You know, as you kind of find your author voice, it'll get easier as it goes along, but that first book is going to be very rough. It's not going to be gold as soon as you get it done typing. Um, and if you rush into uh, trying to find a publisher, uh, say a, a vanity publisher, they can steal your work, they can steal your copyright, and they can tarnish your reputation. Uh, it happened to me, and I don't want it to happen to anybody else. 
Can you, and thank you for sharing that, because that's very important to know. The first thing is not to take things personally when someone is critiquing your your work. And that probably is something that will take some self-work before you're okay with that. <laughs> before you're just right. turning it loose saying, okay, here, say whatever about it. Um, but, you know, you're right. That That's definitely, I think it shows some uh, maturity, but I also think that it would take, again, really like some work to distance yourself from the project so you don't feel so attached to it. And it doesn't feel like a personal attack on you as opposed to just them sharing information that could help you to improve your work. So yeah, right. yeah, that's very good. I've, mm-hmm. I paid two different professional editors over $5,000 to edit my book. And after these professional editors had my book, I received 107 rejections. Oh. And oh, yeah, that that's was an a, investment. 107 rejections mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> over the course of six years is how, how long I received those rejections. And finally I said, you know, it's been professionally edited. I like the book. I'm going to go ahead and publish it. And I found a vanity publisher who was willing to take on my book, gave me all sorts of praises and hollow platitudes, told me how good the book was. And I ate it up and I went with them. And there's a website out there called writers beware. And if I'd gone to that website, if I'd joined the writing community, you know, I could have found all this stuff out, but I didn't. I I joined Twitter in 2010, and I should have joined the writing community at that time, but I didn't. And I published my first book as Brander uh, back then. And it was, it was bad. It was, it needed a ton of work. I ended up rewriting it three times before it became the science of fairy. But by that time, When I learned my editing process, I started getting requests from agents and publishers. Hey, you know, I like this book. Send me some more stuff. But as soon as they found out that it had been previously published under a different name with a vanity publisher, they put the brakes on everything. Uh, Nobody wanted it. They called it tainted goods. Uh, They didn't trust that I had received the copyright back. They didn't want to have a lawsuit. And, you know, so the first book was killed. Uh, so then I started writing the second book, you know, the Soul Stones of Fairy, and the third book, the Half Blood of Fairy, and I did the pitches, the pit mads, and pitch whores, and all those different things on Twitter. And again, you know, publishers and agents they wanted, it, but they said they wanted the whole series. They didn't want just you know books two through four, and they couldn't take book one because it had been previously published, and yada yada yada. I I, I suffered the same fate. And it's really hurt my reputation because I rushed into that vanity, that vanity publisher. And I wish I hadn't done it. But, you know, if anybody listened to this, benefits from my experience, it was worth going through. So now I'm hoping that with a new series and you know, a, a new genre, I can learn from my mistakes and not rush into it. You know, I finished my book, uh, Indomitable, on, July sec- on, July sec- on June 2nd. And June 3rd was Pit Mad. As much as I wanted oh, to pitch wow, that book, yeah. as much as I wanted to pitch the book, I knew it was not ready because I just finished writing it. It takes, there's a lot of steps when you're editing your own book. And I don't trust editors. I'm, I'm sorry to all the editors who follow me. I, <laughs> I don't trust editors. Um, it, 
I, I just don't. I, I've been burned too many times. That's not to say the editors who follow me aren't good editors. Yeah. I, I just personally, I can't bring myself to spend any more money on something I can do perfectly well myself. Uh, so th- that's where that is. I mean, if you want to pay an editor, research them first. You know, go into writers beware. You know, research their previous works they've edited. You know, make sure that they are top-notch and legitimate before you give them any money. Uh, the people who follow me, I, I would recommend them uh, based on what I've seen. But, uh, you know, there's very few that I list in my weekly lift who are editors. So you, 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 can, you can take that for what it is. Very, very good information. So, again, I just want to reiterate, like you were saying, to go and check out writers beware pretty much before you do anything especially as relates to being published because people are sharing their experiences right so it's kind of like a a rating site that tells you is it almost like a better business bureau for writers or for publishers is it that type of site like what is it exactly okay okay it is uh they they list uh the different publishers and agents they tell you know court cases they might have been involved in people who've been complaining about them, what they've been saying, you know, they, they give the breakdown on them if there's negative stuff out there about them. And uh, I wish I'd listened to them. Uh, the publisher I went with had ended up, they were on their third name when I joined them and they ended up closing down that name and reforming under a different name while I was with them. They went from, uh, oh, I don't even remember the name of the publisher at this point, but uh, you know, it, it was horrible, wow. horrible experience. Wow. So I hope nobody ever has to go through that, especially if you're going to pitch your book on Twitter. If, if an agent or a publisher likes your tweet before you send them anything, check them out on writers. Beware, make sure they're legitimate and not, you know, out to scam you. Very, very good advice. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that is important because there's probably a lot of people who don't know about that resource that really sounds like it's invaluable as far as getting you information that you need so that you don't get taken by, you know, by a a fake publisher. So I guess now we are left to assume that you self-published all of your books, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I did. (laughs) They're available on lulu.com and Amazon. I, I considered going with Amazon at first, but I didn't want to limit myself to just Amazon. With Lulu, I was able to uh, branch out into, you know, iCloud and all these other places. Now, since then, you know, Amazon has expanded their publishing. Now they do the uh, print books, print-on-demand books, where they didn't back when I initially looked at them. So I believe that uh, moving forward, I'm probably going to become an Amazon author, just so I have a, you know, an Amazon presence out there, rather than just my book being out there. When I publish a book with Lulu, it takes several months before it's available on Amazon just because of you know, everything it has to go through. And my books are much more expensive because Amazon charges a premium to non-Amazon authors to list their books out on the web. So while other authors on the writing community can offer their you know, their ebook for $0.99, cents, you know, mine you know, is $4.99 just because that's a break-even price for me on ebooks. Oh, wow. It is what it is. So I, I'm not making a ton of money at, at, at anything. I'm making a dollar on every book that sells 
even if the book's listed at $14.99 or $19.99, I'm not making that much money on it because of Amazon's fees. So I wish I'd known that before I went with Lulu also. But Lulu has been a good company. Uh, I receive a royalty check, you know, twice a year. So it, it's good. Yeah. But I could make I could make more money if I was with Amazon uh, exclusively. So I think that's the direction I'm going to go in the future on the other books. And eventually we'll sunset these, go ahead and re-edit them, uh, put them out as a second edition on Amazon. But uh, for now, I'm just going to leave them the way it is. Okay. Amazon's a good marketplace, too, to have everything. Because you can go they there and get 80%. everything, you know, books to whatever, furniture. <laughs> I mean, everything's on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and I think that helps to make it um, such a go-to place for everybody to get, like, pretty much mm -hmm. everything. So books are definitely number one on there um, because they have the different formats between the Kindle and then print and then audio formats. So it's just so convenient um, but yeah, you get on Amazon. I'm sure that'll be great for you, for your stories. I mean, they just sound so interesting. I think fantasy and romance to me, it seems like, like big sellers. I haven't done a lot of research on like the numbers between those genres, but it just really seems like that because people are looking, especially now and over the past year or so, I think people are looking for a way to escape the madness. So what better way than yeah. a really good book? <laughs> <laughs> Especially a fantasy book where you where there's a lot of world building, you can just escape yeah. into that book. Yeah, you're talking about fairies. You don't see those every day, right? <laughs> you can go no, into a book, no. and they're not your tink uh -huh. they're not your Tinkerbell fairies. They're they're humanoids, which is why I use the the Irish spelling, the F A E R I. Mm -hmm, I noticed that. Not, not yeah, the, not the fairy like fairy tales. Right, you know? right. They're they're humanoid. Uh, they look and look just like humans. Uh, Except they have pointed ears, of course, because every fairy creature has to have pointed ears. Oh, yeah. They got to have something that differentiates them from us, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess the 11th commandment that Moses dropped on the way down. Right. You know, fairy creatures had to have, had to have uh, pointed ears. <laughs> wow. So, JD, I have another question for you as far as marketing, since we brought up yeah. Amazon and, and Lulu. Um, what about, like, when you're marketing your books, what techniques have you used to do it? Uh, mainly, I use social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, my website. I'll, uh, I had to build up a following, which took many years. Uh, but now with 20,000 followers on Twitter and a uh, website out there, I'm starting to get noticed. And uh, you know, it's just taken some time. But I've you know, been, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm out on WordPress. Uh, I'm out on uh, Wattpad. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm out there. I, I have to be, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to pay for marketing anymore. Not since I was ripped off by uh, my vanity publisher. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've listened to your previous podcasts and some people have recommended Google ads or Facebook ads and I've looked at them, but I've never actually pulled the trigger on that, but that might be something I'm going to do, uh, for indomitable. I'll give it a try on this one. It, Indomitable is just so much better for me as far as starting fresh. I'm so excited about it because I've, after 17 years, I can start over. You, know, you don't always get a do-over. Mm -hmm. Indomitable is my do-over. So you're going to do that one uh, with the publisher? I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you, you going to do that one with the publisher? I'm trying. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping so. 
Uh, I worked on query letters today, and I'm going to start querying out. If I don't hear anything from them, you know, I have three months until well, about two months, I guess, until the next pit mad in September. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and do a pitch in September. I'm sure somebody is going to like one of the tweets. Uh, I've already crafted the tweets, so there's three of them. So we'll we'll see where that takes me. But uh, it's such a it's such an inspiring story, and you know her voice has been muted. Her story has been shunted into the archives of Duke University where no one has even looked at it and it needs to be told. And because it intersects with my own family, you know, if I don't tell it, who's going to tell it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a travesty that her story has not been told. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, write the book that you want to read. And this is a book I want to read. So I have the passion to do it. I hope that the, agents and publishers will sense that in my queries. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good luck with your project with that one. And yeah, also for your, you. for your other books that you have out now too, which I'm, I'm interested in. So I, I have my list here. I have the scions of fairy, the soul stones of fairy, half blood of fairy and priestess of fairy. So they're all on Amazon, right? Right. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. The, mm -hmm. the thing with the, the races of my books is they're, if you know one, if you ever watched Star Trek, you notice that they took social issues and put them in a futuristic uh, format where people could, you know, identify with them, but you know, not necessarily be preached to. Well, that's kind of the way my books are too. You know, the races in the books. You know, you have the Fey, the Dryads, the Gnomes, the Elves, the Dwarves. You know, all of them uh, believe in racial purity. So for there to be, you know, interracial uh, children, you know, they're spurned by both groups, you know, and that's where the half blood of fairy comes in because it's about breaking down those racial barriers and learning to coexist. And, uh, you know, that's what the entire book is about. And it's, you know, racism is an undercurrent in all of my books and how we deal with that as a society. It's a very passionate topic of mine. So now we've just had like a really good show here. I mean, you've uh, you shared some really good information with me and with the audience and just interesting, um, just your perspective and, and what you're writing about and your process and how you come up with the stories and the world building that you do. I just think it's really cool. It just shows, um, you know, we, we chatted lightly on Twitter and things like that, but when I have these shows, I'm interviewing people and I just get to know so much more about you. And so does the audience. I just think that that's such a cool thing because it just shows the beauty in diversity. It shows just just the beauty in the age that we're in, the time that we're in and how, you know, we've never met in person. Just like a lot of us I've talked to online, I've never met these people in person, but I consider right. them to be somewhat friends, you know, just because we we connect mm -hmm. online and we can have these conversations and share information with each other, learn from each other. And I like to be able to provide the platform where I can help people tell their story. So I want to thank you for being here with me to allow me to be able to be a part of your story and that you're a part of mine. Well, thank you for having me on here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So I do have just one final question for you. And that is okay. just for you. You know, I take that back. I have two questions for you. <laughs> the one question I have okay. <laughs> is to share information of where you can be found online. I know you mentioned your website and things like that, but if you don't mind giving us like a rundown of 
where we can find you, like your, your Twitter handle, Facebook, and all that cool stuff. Okay. Well, Twitter, I'm at Fairy Realms. Again, that's F-A-E-R-I-E, Fairy Realms with an S. Uh, then Facebook, that's facebook.com slash fairy realms. On Lulu, I'm just uh, J.D. Edwards. Uh, it's lulu.com slash spotlight slash J.D. Edwards. Uh, my website is fairy realm without an S dot 50 megs.com uh, because I'm too cheap to pay for a uh, regular website. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'll come with your royalties. Uh, it will. Yeah. Uh, Instagram uh, dot com forward slash twerch T-W-Y-R-C-H. And that's where the Welsh comes in. Uh, that's the name of a river that runs through my uh, ancestral homeland in Wales. Yeah, so those are the different areas you can find me. Okay, cool, cool. And again, all your books are on Amazon, and I'm going to have them listed on uh, the site on ctamarketing.biz. You'll have a page with our interview, along with links out to your okay. website and your social media, and also to all of your books on Amazon. So I just want to let you know I will have that on there. Um, okay, so my final question. Right, thank You're you. welcome. You're welcome. Now, this is my final question for you for today. And okay. the final question is for you to share any last words of wisdom. And that wasn't really a question. Let me rephrase that. Do you have any last words of wisdom to share with the audience? <laughs> well, I just want to reiterate, uh, you know, to write the story that you want to read. Uh, agents and publishers, they can tell passion when someone writes a book. And if, you can always tell when you write a book too. You know, if, if you're reading a book and the book's boring, it probably was just something the author felt they had to do and they just, you know, boiler press and you know, pushed it out there. But if you are invested in the story, your characters, your readers are going to be invested in the story. If you, you know, laugh and cry when you're writing the book, your, your readers are going to laugh and cry when they read the book. They're going to pull that energy from you uh, for what you put into the book. Uh, in one case, I was writing the Half-Blood of Fairy. Uh, one of the characters, Kai, uh, I started writing a response and I started laughing. And my wife asked, what are you laughing about? So well, Kai said something funny. She says, you just wrote it. I said, I know, but it was so funny. And it was, <laughs> that uh, sounds funny to me. Just hearing you say that. <laughs> like he's really in your head. <laughs> he, he yeah. Uh, when I, when I make a character, I put myself in their mindset uh, so that it's realistic on how they respond to things. And in Kai's mind, you know, he's a half-blood who is shunned by the Dryads and by the Fae. So, you know, he doesn't really have any use for either one of them. And uh, you know, his line that made me laugh was, if you're going to kill him, do it outside so you don't get blood on the carpet. <laughs> you know, it's just that disinterested, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Just don't don't mess up my living quarters. You know? <laughs> Wow. Wow. JD, thank you so much. I could talk longer, but unfortunately I can't. Like I still have more questions like in my head as we're talking now, but that just means it was a really good show. So I really do appreciate you being here and being a guest on the Call to Action podcast. It's been really, really a pleasure. Oh, thank you.
Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And to all of the listeners, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And remember to go and check out ctamarketing.biz, where you can read blog posts and check out past episodes of the Call to Action podcast. And also support the show by purchasing merch or donating so that I can continue to bring you quality content and actionable tips and tricks to help you navigate this ever-changing world. And you can also support the show by purchasing my audiobook, QR Codes for Beginners, where you can go from beginner to almost expert in less than one hour. And also, I have one more thing. Before I wrap up the show, I just want to mention Poetic Earthlings podcast. His podcast is awesome. And we've been doing some work together. So make sure you go and check out his podcast. Support it. It's science fiction. You all know by now it's it's what I like. So <laughs> go ahead and check out Poetic Earthlings podcast. And okay, that's it. And to all of the entrepreneurs, self-starters, authors, small business owners, all of you that are doing it for yourself, remember the code. The journey begins when you take the first step. Courage, optimism, determination, and enthusiasm are the tools that will help you along the way. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Call to Action podcast. Make sure to visit me at ctamarketing.biz. There you can find articles for entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Until next time.